Welcome to the Sacred Ancestry Podcast. I'm your host, Thomas Worm, and I'm so excited today for our amazing guest, Jocelyn Bellows. And she is a breakup to wake up coach. And Jocelyn, can you tell us more about that and tell us your, your story? Yeah, hey, so thank you so much, Thomas, for having me on the show. And oh gosh, where do I begin? I can begin by sharing a little bit about what breakup to wake up means, start there. So when I talk about break up to wake up, I'm actually talking about the relationship with your own being, with your own self, and breaking up with the ideas, the stories, the things that no longer serve you to be able to live into the highest and most pure being of who you are, to wake up to that person, to be able to live fully into your being to live in happiness, to live in peace, to live in joy, and to tell yourself nice things and be kind to yourself and and love yourself. So that's what that's about. Wow, that is so amazing. I love this this idea of of breaking up with your old self. And uh, to me, I I think that's, that's part of the journey, right, is letting go of that that old, old stuff that's holding you back, those old beliefs, those old emotions, right? Yes. That's exactly it. And it's the reason that I've even sort of arrived here is because it's my own journey. Um, That three years ago, I moved to Colorado where I I call home today. I'm originally from the East Coast. However, uh, shortly after moving here, I had some major awakenings about the life that I'd been living up to that point and the life that I was currently living in. Um, in, in those moments, I was married, uh, had a young child. Uh, we had owned a couple of businesses, successful businesses, and I had I had, had a beautiful career. And in order to make this move to Colorado, I walked away from, from that career. And I had opportunity to stay. We we looked at you know the company I was working for at the time was just remarkable, and they they allowed. We really had a very open conversation for about nine months of how could we script a new position, a new role for me. And everything that was coming back meant very heavy travel. And my son was very young and I, I mean, that wasn't, that wasn't enticing for me. Um, you know, I was moving to Colorado to live in Colorado and be here, be around for my child and watch him grow. The, so I walked away from that career and very soon after I found myself with a lot of time on my hands. Um, living in Colorado, I didn't really know anyone yet. And um, my husband at the time was traveling back to Pennsylvania frequently to run our business. And in that space, I really, really understood that I was incredibly, miserably unhappy. Um, I was unhappy in the life that I was living. I was unhappy in the marriage that I was in. Um, Very unfulfilled. Uh, I also realized that my marriage was incredibly unhealthy. And there was reactions that I was seeing in in him that I just felt were no longer tolerable. Um, I spent most of my married life in tears every weekend. And the only time I, I felt respite was when I would go to work. Um, and that didn't seem quite right to me. You know, relationships aren't meant to be that way. And so the first thing I did was I I made a decision to end my marriage 
And in doing that, I finally felt like I took some power back for my own being. Um, and began to really build a new life for myself. Well, that's a beautiful story. And thank you so much for sharing uh, so deeply. And, and uh, you know, I guess before we go a little bit deeper, I'm curious on like, what is an unhealthy relationship? Because I think it's, sometimes it's hard to see when you're in it. And it's so much easier to see it from the outside, right? Like when you see your friends or a couple that you know, it's it's so much easier to see that. But uh, to me, it's it's hard to see when you're in that relationship and you're thick of it. So what are your thoughts on what is unhealthy in relationships? Um, you know, I think to each, the, the, everyone has their own, is going to identify it in their own way. But at the end of the day, I think something that's very rudimentary is when you're spending time with this person and even when you're spending time maybe thinking about this person when you're not actually in their physical presence um how are you really feeling are you feeling any sense of hurt or pain or anxiety or feel or, or fear or discomfort because those are all things that your body is it that's a body response to something that's not agreeing within you and for you. Um, my case was so, so much more obvious. Um, you know, in, in my situation, I was in a, a, a very manipulative and controlling marriage where, you know, the individual that I was married to was a narcissist and everything that all the problems that we have are all my fault you know there was there was never a sense of ownership from his standpoint of what he could do differently or better it was always something that i had to change that that i had to be better or different or happier or more joyful or whatever and I continued to to try to morph myself and change myself to fit into what he wanted me to be and I kept getting further and further away from my own peace and my own sense of who I was. Um, you know, there was a, it was actually before we even married, before we started our first business, he had come home one day and uh, had announced that he wanted to open his first business, which is, was downhill mountain bike park. And that sent a real sense of fear within my being like why do you want to take you know stability that we had such stability and you know, we owned a home I had a really nice career I think he was in between things at that point so that was sort of the opening for him to start something for himself um and I, but it, it really struck a chord for me because I was like that just feels very fearful and very uh unsafe and what, what grew out of that was his response to me was, I don't care what you want to do. I don't care at all. I dismiss your, your, your stuff entirely. I'm going to do it anyway. And that was really his attitude. And I sat there and said to myself, why do I want to be with somebody who, or do I want to be with someone who is that dismissive of my, my feelings? And it wasn't it wasn't as if we really had conversation around this 
building this business. It was just like a declarative statement. And this is before we were married. And I sincerely thought to myself at that time, do I want to move ahead with it? However, I've been in this relationship for four years. And I, you know, over those four years had been conditioned to be small. And I kept getting, I kept shrinking myself and saying, okay, well, if you really, ultimately, you know, I did, we did get married and he did open that, that park and it was a huge success. And I'm grateful for that experience in, in several ways. One, you know, I, I don't know that I would have understood what it means to really fully believe in yourself because he really did. And I want to acknowledge that positivity because I've ever since then, I've really been drawn to entrepreneurs who really take a leap of faith in starting their own business. It's, I have a podcast and that's what I talk about. On the other side is it's such a, it was so obvious that I was not showing up for me at all in that relationship. I allowed myself to play victim. I allowed myself to play subservient. I, I didn't believe that I was deserving of anything better. I believe that this was the best I was going to get. Um, and I look back on that person and I'm not ashamed. I, and I've forgiven her because she didn't know any differently. I know differently now. But I didn't know differently back then. Wow, I love the way you put, you know, forgiving yourself for all of those those times that you shrunk yourself and and uh, all that hurt and pain and fear and anxiety you had over this relationship and and I just want to say thank you for sharing that because that is that's a huge story to 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 talk about out loud, especially on a podcast, right? And it takes a lot of courage, and that's just so amazing to hear to hear that because, um, you know, what it really sounds like is that, you know, relationships are more centered about safety and compassion and communication and taking ownership and, and acknowledging, you know, the other person's feelings and, and honesty and, and believing in the relationship, right? I think that that sounds an, like just an amazing relationship, but you weren't finding that. But what's, what's, what I want to know more about is, you know, where did you go next from this, this, you know, break up to wake up, you know, and, and I just love the way you, you framed that of breaking up with your old identity. And, and to me, it sounded like maybe there was some limiting beliefs or limiting emotions that were going on for you that maybe were a little deeper. Oh, and, and, and it wasn't just then it still exists to this day. Um, so I want to be very clear with this. This is a journey. This is not a destination by any stretch. Um, so when, you know, I often point to like when I moved out here and when I, when I left my marriage and the first thing I, I made some pretty, pretty clear decisions for myself very early on. The first one was I really wanted to detoxify my life and my way of being because I didn't like how I was showing up in the world. I was showing up very weak and victimized. And I, and the moment that I you know, said no more, I empowered myself to do better for me, by me, for me. And for my child, because I wanted my child to see what it was like. I wanted him to know what it's like to stand up and stand in your own power and stand in your own being. So I, I began with uh, nutritional cleansing. Um, I did a nutritional cleanse program. 
and I dropped a lot of weight and I just took really good care of my body, then I had to move on to my mind. And when my body, when I started eating better, my mental clarity really returned. And I didn't realize that I had brain fog. I had no idea what food was doing to my body and how it was sort of keeping me limited. Second, I started working with my very first coach and really identifying what limiting beliefs were. I didn't even know what they were. I had no idea. Um, but I had to understand. I, I, it began with, I, I was curious, like, how did I end up in this situation? How did I attract this person into my world? How did I allow this to be? How did I live this life for so long in such pain? It, it just, you know, it baffled me. So I had to understand that. That was, so I moved into my mind and said, so how do I do that? And my coach, as brilliant, as amazing as he is, really sat me down and was like, it's more than just that. You need to move into your heart. You need to learn to forgive and release because none of this stuff is serving you any longer. Um, you know, the hatred and the anger and the resentment I'd had toward my former husband. And in fact, it got deeper than that. It was with all previous relationships to, to varying degrees. I've been carrying that like a backpack, a backpack full of rocks for years. And we worked through one by one and cutting energetic cords and cutting the, the concepts of the stories around it. But those were all, those all formed my living, my beliefs around that I was unworthy of love. I was undeserving to be loved or to allow myself to love myself. Forget the external piece. Like this was a really inside job. It was how do I learn to love who I am? How do I see myself as a goddess that I was really always intended to be, that we all are? We're all deserving of love. We're all deserving of being treated well and taking care of ourselves. We, we're the ones that cut ourselves off from that. No one else does that. We might blame it on an external factor, but at the end of the day, you've got to take ownership of that for yourself. Wow, that is there's a lot in there, and and there's some things I want to go back to. Uh, but first, I'm I'm really I love the way you you put this. Is that you know these patterns in your relationships weren't just your marriage, but it was previous patterns, and it kept repeating. and And I guess I want to hear more about you know it, I guess in my opinion is that. I think it's so amazing how these emotional baggages that we have inside our hearts are so deep that they they keep attracting the same thing over and over until we actually learn the lesson, right? Oh my God, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, you know, I've been now, my marriage ended in April of 2018. Um, I entered into a new relationship in December of that same year, and we were together for about a year. And here, when I entered that relationship, I was in a great place. I mean, I really was in a place where it was like, I no longer, I don't feel as if I need anybody. I don't need this this individual, like a man in my life to feel whole and complete, because up until that point, I really felt that way. I felt whole and complete as my own being. 
And so I entered into this relationship very confidently because I knew who I was. I knew who I was showing up as. As we spent more time together, though, I did start to acknowledge the patterns that I was repeating within what I had done for years. And many of them I, I was able to break, and some of them I still wasn't able to. And one of the biggest ones, we had, you know, we were, I don't know, about six months or so in, and we had taken a little breather uh, because I had, I had asked the question of like, you know, where we are six months in, where are we? Like, what are we doing? What is this? What is the thing that we're up to? And I had known that we were in different places and we were prioritizing each other differently. I had known this. This was not, this was not something that even though we didn't talk about it, I felt it. And so when I put that question out there and the response was very waffled and we decided to take a few days apart to reflect and decide what it, what is it that we were doing and what did we want? I will tell you, I looked at myself and scanned myself and I said, I'm fine without this person. I'm still whole and complete without this person. I want this person in my life. I don't need him in my life. So that was the positive. Here's the clincher. Here's the, here's where the ego comes in. I want this person in my life and I'm, I am willing to forgo what's best for me to benefit the bestness for us being, having him in my life. I didn't choose me. I chose him. And from that point on, things went back, went downhill because I continued to make those choices around being small and not really speaking up and speaking my truth and speaking to what I needed because I wasn't receiving what I needed in the construct of that relationship. So the patterns came back. And I will tell you that I'm still observing these lessons. So clearly there's more work for me to be done here. So I, I want to be very clear, like it, it's not that you get this lesson once and you clear out there the root of it and it's done. Uh-uh. I wish it was. And a lot of them can be. It depends on how strong you are. It depends on how much you're how dedicated you are to to really making effort change. Um I thought I was, I thought I had done all the work I needed to do and I was sailing and uh, I'm going back to the bases again. I'm pounding back around and, and this time around, I'm being more observant of my patterns. Um, I've chosen at this point to be on my own and really heal and understand that I need to be whole and complete as a being. And to love myself before I can allow anybody else into that field. Um, and and those are those are all decisions around me understanding how what it means to to really love myself, because no one else can do that for you. Wow, that is that is so deep to really acknowledge inside yourself and admit that. You know, I'm choosing him over myself and to see that again and to 
to uh, really understand how deep that layer is. And, and I just want to, you know, agree with you here. And, and I just a hundred percent agree that really all this personal growth that we do with ourselves, you know, we, we get us some roots and we clear some out, but there's always more, there's another deeper layer. And as awesome as we feel some days, like there's going to be a day when there's more work to do. And, and I feel that in my life every day, you know, a limiting belief I've had lately is if I'm not working, I'm failing. And it's like, I just found that out. That's a great limiting wow. belief. Like, wow, that's a good one. Right. And um, so to move through that now, how can I not overwork? How can I better myself knowing that that limiting belief was there running my program? Right. So, yeah. so happy that came through lately. Um, I, I, I want to, if you don't mind, we take care for a moment. I want to acknowledge that because they also wonder, I'm curious around that for men versus women too. I'm going to just take a side note on this because I, I, not that I don't believe that, other, that women have that belief as well. I believe that's more a programming of a male who, who in the most rudimentary of ways, you're defined by what you're doing. Yes. Yeah. You know, do, by doing, like you go to the hunter gatherer mentality, like to the very root of this, right? As a man, men are, are are socially programmed to be doers, to be hunters. And so for you, doing is a, a matter of productivity. For women, as gatherers, we're meant to be receivers and being in our sense of being, not our sense of doing. Oh, I love that. Yes. Totally different energies, right? Of, of, you know, being yeah. and doing and gosh, that's so insightful. Thank you. And, and, uh, I want to go back. So a couple, couple while ago, we were talking about how you detoxing your life and, and cutting cords to people. And it took a long time to keep cutting cords and keep cutting cords. And, and I've heard this term as maybe Aka connections in, in Hawaiian or Ho'oponopono process. And I want to just hear more about this, like cutting cords to people in your past and forgiving them and, and more about that process that you went through. Yeah. So I, I've done a couple of different rituals around this. Uh, one is there's a, there's a letter um, a letter writing process where you where you go through individual like you write the letter to the individual you you write around whatever it is the injury that you sustained around that all of the feelings that you had around that specific process whatever it may have been so um, you know for for me. One of the things was with my former husband was around, I paid all our bills. You know, we both worked and I was the breadwinner, but I paid all the bills. And then when we separated, um, because I had been the breadwinner, I had to pay alimony and, and forgo some of the retirement savings that I had, that I had put away. Um, I had a lot of resentment around that, a tremendous amount of resentment around that. So I had to write this letter out to my former husband and say, look, this happened. This is how it made me feel. And all the rage, all the anger, all the sadness, all the everything. And then as I move, you move through that process, you start to write a letter of gratitude of the lessons that you learned out of it. 
and you don't read it, you just write it once, you write the whole thing, and then you burn it. I love that so much. I've I've actually done that with some clients, and, and I think one of the most powerful story I, I can think of was one of my clients, um, his father passed away recently, and I started working with him, and uh, he actually went through the process of writing a letter because he was so angry at his dad for passing away, you know, and that grief turned into resentment, and and actually that letter process was was a huge shift for that person. So I, I totally agree 100%. That is a very powerful technique for forgiveness and release and detoxing your heart, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that was that was one um, avenue that I took uh, or that, that I have in my tool belt. So that is one process I use with my clients as well because I also coach. Um, another uh, another piece that I, I also use is is around is actually a, a meditation journey. So what we do is we we start with visualizing yourself at the top of a staircase and taking you know walking down those stairs into your subconscious and rocketing yourself to a sacred space, whatever that sacred space is for you. And then when you scan the space, you scan to see if there's anyone there with you. And whomever that is, it's your subconscious telling you, you have some unresolved something with that person. And you talk out loud with this individual as if they are in that space with you, because even if they aren't physically present, because here this is a visualization, energetically, you're speaking to that person. Energetically, that person is understanding what you're saying and doing whether they are attuned to that or not the other individual they are still receiving and as you talk through that process and through again it's 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 a vision it's a verbal and visual practice that supports the letter writing where you work through this whole space of of your full level of emotion around it and you physically will see a cord that will attack that will, attaches you to this other individual and you ask to be released or you ask to release yourself from that person and whether it's you know in some cases i have clients who can like do this really physical hack job where they cut it up cut it apart or this the cord just sort of come into your own being and you're no longer connected to that person and you get to live a little more freely so that's another just one more avenue of cutting cords i love that that meditation that sounds amazing to really go deep in your subconscious have that conversation out loud and and gosh having just saying those words out loud are so powerful and uh, sometimes I look like a crazy person, but I'm talking out loud to, you know, maybe I'm going through a limiting belief or a negative emotion I'm trying to to work with. And it's like, yeah, saying things out loud or writing is so powerful because it, it makes it real in, in, in my opinion, you know, especially in the spiritual realm, like when you write things down, you're truly, you're truly, um, 
making it real at that point. And same with speaking out loud. I really feel like that has so much power. So I, I love that idea of the meditation and and seeing those chords. And, and uh, you know, I think the Ho'oponopono process, of course, is always my favorite. I love that. Um, that's one of my favorite things is, is um, that process because it's, it's the same thing is really just asking for that forgiveness and releasing yourself. And, and I'm curious on if you ever noticed, um, you know, or what your thoughts are on this, on this journey that you've been on, you know, first you went through the nutrition and losing weight and, and going through the physical body and starting to go through the mindset and emotions. And how did you notice your, your body change or your mind change with, you know, mind body connection through this? Yeah. And thank you for bringing, thank you for asking that question. Cause it's true. They, they are completely connected. Um, the first thing I noticed is I've always had a lot of anxiety and my anxiety, I will tell you very clearly, and it's back right now is, has always been, this is really, sorry, this is really hard for me to say, but it's true. So I have to say, um, Am I ever going to truly be in a loving, committed relationship? That's been my biggest anxiety. Like, I wake up with that. And with a very steady practice of releasing um, the cords and releasing those belief systems that were ugly and small, I started to feel a sense of such relief in my head. My mind, it got to a point that my mind just sort of stopped talking because our minds are constantly running, right? It slowed down so much and I was able to sort of quiet my mind and drop into my body and I started to feel a sense of bliss. Um, I live in Colorado. I think I mentioned this earlier. But I live very close to um, the Rocky Mountains. I can see them from, you know, from my home and from various points in my neighborhood, at least the foothills. Um, and I'd drive and I'd be stopped at a stoplight and I'd be so blissed out in this place of just absolute peace that I didn't even realize that the light had turned green and there were people like honking the horn at me because I, I was just sitting in this place of absolute Zen. And from a Zen point, it, it really grew to, um, it grew to full on joy within my body and within my being to the point that I had so many days that I'd be, hiking in nature and it was mostly in nature that I really felt these day, these moments and hours I should say not just moments but hours I had so much joy that was reverberating in my being that I wanted to crack my body open because my body was too limiting for the, this peace that I felt within my soul and this happiness it was happiness and I, but, and as much as I say that, like I had it, I, 
I'm currently not in that state of bliss. And I, and I, and I want to be really, really honest because I, anyone that I've ever worked with, anyone that's considering working with me, I don't have your answers. I'm not going to, I am not the prophet. I don't have your answers. What I have is my own experience. I've walked through that fire. I've cried the tears. And I felt the joy. And those answers were all mine. What I do is I can be a reflection to you. I can hold your space. I can ask you the questions. I will hold your hand when you look in that dark area, that fear, which by the way, that fear is just in your head. It doesn't actually exist. You might think it does, and you'll talk yourself through all of it. But it, the answers are you have them, and they will be revealed to you when you're ready for them and when you're ready to step into taking decisive action to make an actual change for you because you choose to love yourself. Wow. I just, I just have to say that I know for a fact you're an amazing coach because of just the ownership and, and the way you, you opened up to the audience and to me, thank you so much. And, and really I can just tell that I think my favorite thing about coaching is, is, and I think you hit it right on the head is that all we're doing as a coach is we're holding up that mirror and showing you what you're looking at. That's it. That's all we do. We, we give you the questions, we give you some strategies, but I totally agree with you as a coach. I don't have your answers. There's no answers in my body for your body. That's just not the way it works. And, and, uh, I kind of want to go back to, to, um, you know, this, this, this belief or this feeling of, you know, am I ever going to have a successful relationship? And, um, that's, that's an amazing thing to admit. And I think there's so many people out there that feel like that. And, and I just wanted to throw out there that I, I, what I've, what I felt before and looked at is numerology, which is really interesting and the numbers between people. And for all the listeners out there, if this is resonating with you at all, I seriously go check out Glennis McCants and the numbers lady. She has like these crazy numerology things for relationships. And it's really interesting. Um, I'm curious if you've ever used numerology like that before. I haven't. No. Um, I, I, I don't know that I know much of anything about numerology, to be honest. I think the closest I could even get to, and I'm not even sure, I, I do follow a little bit of astrology, a little bit of tarot card, and um, angel numbers. But I, t- but share with me. I'd like to learn a little bit. Give me a little insight to the numerology. Yeah, so the numbers lady, uh, basically every number has a vibration or it's very tied into astrology, but you don't really see that. It's more just numbers. So it's like the day you were born, all the numbers get added up together and um, you have a number. Like for me, I'm a, I'm a number two. And so there's certain numbers out there of people that you just don't match with. And it's not their fault. It's not your fault. It's just your two numbers literally vibrate in such a way that you're just never going to get along or you're never going to, you're never going to have that rapport, right? It's just, you're too different. And, and when you start looking at the numbers and like you take that book and you go say, do the math on all the people at work and you're like, 
oh my God, I don't get along with that person and that person and that person. And there are these numbers that she's talking about that you don't get along with. Um, and so when you start doing that relationships and your parents and like doing your whole life this way, it's like, it's wow. Oh my God. And, and it can actually be really useful in dating in, in my opinion. Huh. Okay. So I'm a number, I just did this while we were talking. I'm a number, I'm a number six. Oh, okay. Interesting. Yeah. Um, gosh, I can't tell you exactly what a number six is, uh, right off the top of my head without looking at the book or looking it up online. But, uh, it's really interesting when you start looking at your life path numbers and like, uh, your house number here, here's an example. So that we just moved to a new house, like maybe six months ago and all the neighbors are like, Hey, did you hear about that murder in your house? Did you hear about that person? Your house is like, no, are you kidding me? They didn't tell us when they sold us this house. And I started looking to the numerology and, um, the, the house number and the address and everything adds up to a seven, which, you know, uh, Glennis McCants always talks about like a house with number seven attracts spirits. This is like, Oh my God, of course, this is so crazy. Um, so it's really interesting. The numerology piece is fantastic. And, and, uh, you know, really, I think we've gone through the breakup, right. In this conversation, like we've gone deep, but let's go to the wake up. Let's, let's like, how do we wake up? Like we talked about detoxing life, but tell me more. Yeah. So the wake up, this is the good stuff. And I sort of, we've sort of touched on it a little bit. Um, so as you start to break away from these things that don't serve, um, you get to reprogram in or insert in new stories and new ways of being. So one of the ways that I, I do this in particular is, you know, we talked a little bit earlier about the breaking or um, yeah, breaking, cutting cords and, and that whole process of, of going into the, uh, into the visualization exercise to that journey during that journey and during every journey. And a lot of the work that I do is around the journey component is the, you will, you'll be talking through it. You, you're, you're talking out loud, even though your eyes are closed and I'm guiding, I'm the guide. You actually talk your way through this whole process. And when you talk, I'm, as the coach, writing down the words that you're actually saying about yourself. And we don't always see ourselves accurately with who we think we are. You know, a lot, there are times we just, we, we skew our, our, how we see our, our being. However, when you're talking about yourself in a subconscious manner, you're seeing yourself a lot more clearly. And you're sharing some pretty positive words about who you are. So I take those words, and at the end of the session, we do a journal. We do a journal entry together. And I I start to script it based on the words that that the client has shared. Like, I am a goddess. I am strong. I see myself in this way. Blah 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 blah. Whatever it is, those are actually your words. I didn't make those words. You did. So now. You start to write those down in your journal, and then it's a, then it's a free journal entry after that. So now you're starting to program yourself in a real positive way, because wow, I never saw myself as this goddess. Wow, I never saw myself as this strong individual. Like people don't always, you know, that's not always the place where we go. We tend to we tend to talk pretty negatively about ourselves, um, and so when you have that realization of like, oh. I see myself that way. 
oh, this is wonderful. So it's now, you're now starting to insert a new story into how you're being. Another avenue is a value system process too. Is, and this is a self-reflection. In fact, this is where I started at times too, is people don't often take the time to identify who they want to be or who, what their value system is. Like, have you ever, Thomas, I know you've done work. So, I mean, have you ever spent the time identifying your own personal values, personal values? Yes. It's so interesting. Uh, especially in my relationship, I think the big thing that I had to come around to the last year or two is that for one, um, money, like as a wildland firefighter in my career, the last 14 years, it's like money's feast or famine. And it's like, I don't care about money. I just like, I don't care about money at all. I don't even think about it. I just buy what I need. I do what I do for my well-being and I don't care. If I'm in debt, I don't care. Like I'm just my money's going to come and go and that's what I think, right? But in starting my own business and really starting to look at a career change, it's like, you know, in the relationship, it's like my value of money is it it's not even there. It's not even on the board, but for my partner, money is really important. It's like safety, it's security, it's it's a, it's a, like an, almost a number one. Right. Mm -hmm. And so I actually had to change that value for the relationship. Not that we were having trouble. It's just like, this is the most, this is a, an important way to have a strong relationship is to match our values in a way that serves both of us. Mm -hmm. And, and that value of like, um, money or that safety is, is now higher on the list for me. It's actually on there. Like, and I changed, I guess, the meaning of money from money um, to security and safety. And, and I'll, I'll admit right now that I still have limiting beliefs about money that I'm working through. And it's, it's really interesting how, um, you know, it goes back to my father and him having his own business and how it like destroyed the family and everything. And it's just like, there is a lot there to work on, you know, there's a lot there with money. That's why it wasn't on the list. Right. Mm -hmm. So I think it's, it's really interesting the way our values are set up it almost leads you to some of the limiting beliefs you might have. Mm -hmm. yep. Oh, totally. Absolutely. Absolutely. And so one of the things that, you know, what, what we do, an exercise that I do is uh, we really talk about our own value system and who are the people, who is the person, who is the person I want to be, want to be. I may not be living in, into that person right now, but who do I want to be, right? So and the, the other aspect that we go through with this value piece is who, what are the values I want? And because a lot of times people don't really take the time to, to look internal about that, um, it, began, it begins as actually an external process. So it starts with this piece around identifying people in your world that you admire. And they could be people that you know, they could be people that you don't actually know. So for me, one of the people that I admire is Jen Sincero, who wrote the book, Your Attic. And the reason, and, and then part two is first you list the people, then you, then you write down why. Why is this person so attractive to you? Why do you want, to, why, do you, why do you follow this person? Why are you attracted to this person? And write that descriptor around, around it. And for me, it's, you know, she owns who she is. She's, you know, she speaks her mind. She speaks clearly and she's unapologetic. And so that's something I had to write down. 
Then the next exercise is circling the words that stand out to you the most. Those are some of the starts of your own personal values because you see it in other people. So sometimes, again, we can't always see ourselves so clearly. So sometimes it's okay to look external. Now we have the start of a list. Now we go down and we create this list of maybe 10 to 15 values. And then, and then we rank them. What, what comes to the top of that? From there, defining what that value is to you. And the whole reason I do this exercise is this is the pathway. This is now your foundation to the person you're going to be. Because now this is you. It's not you're going to be. Now you start writing the I am statement. I am authentic. I am vulnerable. I am honest. I am trustworthy. Whatever those things are. When you start to put those into place, you're now embodying them. You're bringing them into being. That's part of the waking up process. Another, another pillar is really finding your joy. Because when we break down all this stuff that wasn't working, there's still going to be, there's going to be fragments of life that are going to come through. And leaning into those. And because you've now removed all the junk that wasn't serving, you now have space to do more things that you may have wanted to explore and never have. So for me, one of the big things, one of the fragments that came through was playing soccer. I've played soccer since I was eight years old. I played up until I was 28, with the exception of college, where I played rugby for a couple of years for other reasons. And I stepped off the field at age 28, and I thought, oh, wow, I am so grateful that I had to go, that I got to play up until my late 20s. Had you asked me that, if that was my last time playing, I'd say pretty confidently, yeah. And then I moved to Colorado, and then I discovered some teams out here. And at age 40, I stepped back on that field, and I'm playing still at age 43. And oh my God, every time I step on that field, every time I think about it, you probably even hear it in my voice. I wake, like I wake up. I am, I'm happy. I'm joyful. I'm a like I, I get to relive, relive some of my childhood memories. I'm childlike. I'm free, and it feels amazing. So that's part of the waking up process, like discovering the things that bring you joy and keep doing more of those. Gratitude, we add gratitude in there and grateful for what you have. That's, have you, are you familiar with the book Magic? I am not familiar with that book. Do you know The Secret, the book The Secret? I keep hearing about it, yeah, but I don't know it. All right, so uh, the book The Secret is about the law of attraction and then mag the magic is about gratitude. And they're, um, written by the same author and they, they have a really beautiful tie because the law of attraction really is you attract in the way that you're being so when you talk about this wake up process when you start waking up and start acting in a way in a way that you want to be you start feeling better about yourself now you're adding in the joy elements i'm going to do more of this you know, for me playing soccer, I want to play soccer once a week because it makes me so happy. Gosh, now I'm really grateful that I get to play soccer once a week. That makes me feel even better. And what you're doing is that 
you're you're raising your own vibration, your own energy field. And when you do that, people can feel that. People can you know, if you you know Tom said you know, you walk around and you you know when you're like in town, okay, maybe not so much right now <laughs> because although things are starting to return, but you know when you're around people who are always smiling and you just want to be around them more. Right, right, yeah. What you're feeling is their energy. They're emitting yeah. a whole positive energy around them. So that's part of that whole wake up process. It's it's step by step by step. Are you going to falter? Yes. I mean, there are patterns for me. My patterns existed for 41 years. For 41 years, I, I had some pretty negative flow going through my body. And in six months, I turned it around, but it was very dedicated to it. And then I walked away thinking I was fine. And I got dedicated to it. So here I am having to return to it. So it is, it's a, it's, it's, habit forming you know you talk about habits you still need to you know, maintain a level of good habit i love that them. yes yeah, yeah the the getting good habits on a roll and and sticking to them can change everything right mm-hmm. yep so i want to go back a little bit to to the values and and i love the way that you you know described you know getting our values out on paper and then and then you almost described it as building your affirmations out of your values. I think that's so powerful because that affirmation is going to mean so much more to you, right? Because you're feeling it, because you value that. And then also I, I think the way you, you started with, you know, new stories and actually listening to the language you say to yourself and taking the notes on your clients, I think that's so powerful too because, you know, <clears throat> back to the, <clears throat> excuse me, Back to the mind-body uh, connection, you know, uh, the the language and and the stories we tell ourselves is so crazy how much that affects us, right? The ling the actual language that we're using, and I'm I'm curious on on your thoughts on like on you know what language are you using on yourself or to others or in your life really? Like how does that really affect us? Um. So I think there are a couple of things. There are words that I continue to use, and then there are words that I've actually eliminated from my um, vocabulary. The ones that I like to use the most, because words have their own vibration, their own frequency. Um, I am such a powerful statement. I am this. I am this person. I am doing this thing. That's embodying it into your being. Joy, happiness, possibility, opportunity, could, can. Those are all words that are, that are very opening. Words that are very low vibration and and closed words like anger, fear, guilt, would, should. Those are all very closed words. So paying attention to 
the words that are you're saying in your mind and pay attention to the words that are coming out of your out of your mouth are all important to understanding how you approach day-to-day life. Right, right. Yes. That's so amazing. I I really do believe language is so powerful. It's more powerful than than we want to believe because what we say to ourselves, even in our mind, is is everything, right? And uh, you know, I think time is hitting us hitting us here. Um, is there any last thought you you have for the audience? I think the piece that I I like to end on is just keep choosing yourself. Now, if you really, really, really want to make effective change within your being, choose you first. Choose, you know, like if you're being like right now, one of the big things that I'm working on this year is I've decided I really didn't want to drink any alcohol. And it's not that I have any issue with alcohol. Um, I've never had any alcohol abuse in my world. I know though how it makes me feel. And it's not the hangover, it's the sugar. Um, the next day it makes me feel lethargic. And there have been days that it, it incites tears because sugar affects my body so heavily. So, you know, being invited to hang out, yes, I'll go do that. Am I going to drink? No, because at the end of the day, I know it makes me feel good. So keep choosing the path that makes you feel good. Keep choosing the things that means that you need to sleep more hours. Great. If you need to work out more, great. If you need to eliminate people from your world because you, you realize that they're making you feel crappy, do it because you're worth it. Powerful words right there for everybody listening. That's so powerful. And and where can people find you? Where can they connect with you? How can they be coached by you? Sure. So the best way, I, I always send people actually to my personal page, and that's where you can find information about my my coaching page and my uh, my uh, podcast as well. So my my personal page is on Facebook, and it's Jocelyn Be- Jocelyn Dot Bellows Whitehead, or you can find me at Breakup to Wake Up Coach, both on Facebook, and follow me on Instagram at uh, my handle is What's Your Leap which will also take you to links for my podcast as well. All right. Awesome. And all that stuff will be in the show notes. And uh, for all of you listening, thank you so much for joining us for this amazing conversation. And uh, I appreciate you and everything that you're doing. And thank you for being here, Jocelyn. And uh, you can find me at Thomas and Worm on Facebook. You can find me at mountainmindtricks.com. And please feel free to reach out to me or Jocelyn and, I just encourage you to go out there and find your sacred ancestry. All right. Namaste.